Hey church, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from our very first Man Up Monday of 2021 with Pastor Israel Campbell of Flourishing Church. This message is called Letting Go of Our Security Blanket. Hey, if you haven't followed us on Instagram or Facebook, give us a follow at PC Paramount and then check out our website at praisechapelparamount.com. Enjoy this message. Come on, how many of you thankful for the Bishop of the House? Come on. What a privilege and honor. Come on, lift up those hands towards heaven. Father God, we just thank you right now for this incredible gathering. We are thankful for the incredible time of worship, declaring Jesus, you are Lord. We thank you for an incredible time of challenging, even hearing that iron sharpens iron. We just thank you for that now, God. We thank you for this opportunity to get into your word. We thank you that it's your word. It anoints our thinking so that it would be renewed. It's your word that increases our faith. It's your word, the psalmist says, if we put it in our heart, it'll keep us from sinning against you. So we're expecting great things from your word tonight to do something that it's not just information, but there will be transformation. And Father God, we also uh, just thank you for the Lakers winning tomorrow. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Come on, if you're in agreement with that, would you say amen? I, I was going to title my message tonight, and, uh, you know, uh, let's just get it out of the way. I'm white. And, uh, and so um, I, I, my, my first title for tonight's message was The Theology of Postmodern Distractionalism. That's just who I am. I'm like kind of white and nerdy. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, but then when, uh, the, when I, when Eddie was driving me here, uh, Pastor Eddie, uh, he was, he was, he was given all this like, like new, young, hip, uh, words. He was saying things to the coffee stand in a language that I didn't know. And he was making fun of me because I was asking for sugar free vanilla in my coffee and, uh, he was mocking me. So I thought I better change my title to uh, letting go of our security blanket. Come on. Is that a little bit easier? Come on, push your neighbor and say, let go of your security blanket. Any men, men and bold enough to say that when they were a kid, they had a security blanket. Anybody know what I'm talking about? P- parents, anybody know what I'm talking about? Your kids got that thing that makes them feel safe. Two people. I guess we're not in Hermosa Beach anymore. Come on. My, my, uh, my oldest daughter didn't necessarily have a security blanket, but she had a dress that was like a princess dress. And every day she would come home from school, she would put on that dress. And, uh, and it was, it, it got, old, it got crusty, it got gross, but every single day after school, she would put on that dress until finally my wife just accidentally lost it. Come on, somebody know what I'm talking about? And I celebrated because I, she was my daughter, but she looked ugly in that dress. Like she outgrew it. It was frazzled, all that. My middle daughter, uh, she didn't necessarily, again, have a security blanket, but she did have a binky. 
Kowalski. You all know what I'm talking about, the little pacifier. And she would, she was like talking and still had the pacifier. Like she would pull it out and say, yeah, I'm not doing that. And then put the pacifier back in her mouth. And uh, one day though, we were driving. She actually was old enough to push down the window where it went down. She grabbed the pacifier and just threw it out the window and said, I'm done. Come on, somebody say the Holy Spirit was speaking to her. Amen. And then my son, I don't know how this happened again, not necessarily a blanket, but somewhere along the way he found this like stuffed animal type. It was a, it was a person and I don't know why, but our family named it naked grandpa and, uh, we just called it the naked grandpa doll and, you know, didn't really think anything about it until he went to school. And, uh, then they were asking everybody, you know, Hey, what do you, where do you go to sleep? Who sleeps with you? All of these things. And of course, my, my dear son, Silas says, well, every night I sleep with naked grandpa. And uh, how many of you know, we were at the school the next day being questioned by the principal. Why does your son sleep with naked grandpa? I want to look at these two scriptures just quickly. What a good segue. Come on, I want to look at these two scriptures. Second Samuel chapter 20 verses 11 through 14 says this. One of Joab's soldiers took up his post over the body and called out, everyone who sides with Joab and supports David, follow Joab. Amasa was laying in a pool of blood in the middle of the road. The man realized that the whole army was going to stop and take a look. So he pulled Amasa's corpse off the road into the field and he threw a blanket over him so it wouldn't collect spectators. As soon as he'd gotten him off the road, the traffic flowed normally, following Joab in the chase after Sheba. Luke chapter 5 verses 22 through 26 says this, Jesus knew exactly what they were thinking and said, why all this gossipy whispering? Which is simpler to say, I forgive your sins, or to say, get up and start walking. Well, just so it's clear that I am the son of man and authorized to do either or both, he now spoke directly to the paraplegic, get up, Take your bedroll and go home. And without a moment's hesitation, he did. He got up, he took his blanket, come on, somebody say blanket, and left for home, giving glory to God all the way. The people rubbed their eyes, stunned, and they also gave glory to God, awestruck. And they said, we've never seen anything like that before. Come on, point to your neighbor and say, I have never seen anything like it before. I got some blankets tonight. I want to talk about some blankets. In fact, Mikey, could you come up here uh, with me just real quick? This is Mikey. Mikey is our creative pastor at Flourishing Church. Can you give it up for Mikey real quick? Mikey is also my brother-in-law. And so when I could choose 
anybody to be my uh, person today. I could have chosen so many people. I could have chosen Isaac Mondo. Come on, go Raiders. I could have chosen so many different people, but I just, you know, there's something about choosing your brother-in-law, right? Come on, brother in love. And so uh, uh, Mikey is going to be Amasa in this story. And if you get it from the Old Testament, the Bible says that Joab has killed Amasa. Killed him. Yeah, dead, dead. Good job. Just keep on being a worship leader. Acting is not in your future. But uh, 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 dead, like your legs are dead. Yeah, yeah, good, 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 good. Dead. And the Bible says what was happening. Uh, uh, Yeah, come on up here. Come on up here. Come on up here. Come on up here. Yep, yep, yep. What's going on? How you doing? You doing good? Yes, yeah, yep, yep. So what was happening is is there's a battle and there's a war that is going on. There's something in the future. In fact, historically, most theologians will say that uh, this happens immediately after um, Absalom has tried to take apart the kingdom. If this story doesn't get as much attention as Absalom's rebellion, but it was just as important, if not more, because they had just had this victory, but the nation was unstable. Come on, the kingdom was in turmoil and so the army was supposed to be going this way the army was supposed to be advancing the army was supposed to be going forward but they come along and when they get here they see this dead body and instead of moving they just stand still and they become paralyzed. Here we are in the year 2021 and we've got great prophetic future. Here we are going to reach into our purpose and our destiny, but there will always be some people that will see the wounds of others and the wounds of others will actually distract them and keep them from walking in their full purpose and destiny. Nothing has happened to these two But because of what happens to this one, the entire army keeps from advancing. But there's got to be somebody. Come on, what's your name? Kijar. Look it. He doesn't just stand here and just continue to stare. He comes, the Bible says, and he gets a blanket and he says, this thing right here is a distraction. Come on, those of you who are watching online, you know what I'm talking about. There are some distractions in the year 2021 that if we don't learn to come on, if we don't learn how to cover up, come on, yes, if we don't learn to cover up, then what the Bible says is as soon as he did that, not only was he able to go forward, but so was this soldier, and so was this soldier, and so was this soldier. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on, give it up for our army guys, yeah. He really is going to die under there, isn't it? Can you even breathe, Amasa? (laughs) I'll help you, Amasa. I'll pull down the blanket just a tad. So tonight I want to talk about the 
a couple things. First of all, I want to talk about the three people that are in this story. And then I want to also talk about just a couple blankets that you and I have to be good at if we're going to advance, if we're going to be the men that God has called us to be. We're going to have to get good at laying down some blankets to cover some distractions. Come on, anybody say amen to that. The, the first person that, and you did so good with that Calvin Klein uh, uh, sweatshirt on. You, you nailed it. The first thing that we have to know is of the three types of people, I first want to talk about the people that are called prophetic pursuers. Come on, push your neighbor and say, I'm a prophetic. That was pathetic right there. Push your neighbor and say, I'm a prophetic pursuer. This is the person that sees the distraction, yet covers the distraction, and he encourages others to move forward. If we were to talk about this in the business world, this would be the innovator. The about 2.5% of the men that would be in this group, businesses would say, you're the innovators. You're the ones that are on the cutting edge of what God wants to do. If we tie that to the spiritual, that's those that are apostles. That's those that are prophetic. That's those that are like Joshua and Caleb. They do not get distracted by the giants. They do not get distracted by the dead bodies. They do not get distracted by the social media. They do not get distracted by USA Today. They do not get distracted by Fox News or CNN. They all of of a sudden know that God has got something for us to reach to. God has got something for us to attain. God has got somewhere that we're going to go and we are not going to let the dead bodies of yesterday keep us from walking in our tomorrow's prophetic unction. Right? There's those kind of people that just don't get distracted. Unfortunately, business terms, it's usually a very small percentage because it just happens to all of us are so easily distracted. I, I, I don't know about you, but I can get easily distracted. Uh, not too long ago, I was flying back home, LAX. We went to LAX and we went to the spot where the new Uber and the new Lyft ride is. Anybody been to the airport and you got you to gotta get there? It's, it's, it's really an example of what hell is going to be like, right? And, uh, and, and so we go there and uh, I order uh, the Lyft for our family. They had all of us, my wife, my three kids. So we had to get a special, like whatever that's called, to all get in. And I pushed in the thing. It said arriving in like 15 minutes. We waited. We waited. Finally, it says, come on, it's two minutes away. Finally, it says, it's coming. It said that it was a white, you know, soccer mom van, caravan, whatever it was, Dodge van. Uh, and, and so it pulled up. We loaded up. We got in, loaded up all of our stuff. We started going, and, 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 the, and the car started driving. And you ever have those Uber guys, they go the wrong direct, like the, they don't go the way you know you should go. You know what I mean? Like, and, but you just kind of go, whatever, just get me home. It's early in the morning. We are tired and we just keep on going. And, and, and my kids are asking me questions. We're, we're trying to make deadlines. Okay, we got to be back by this time. And we start talking and I, I just forgot where we were. We start looking and all of a sudden, you know, we, we, we live in Redondo Beach. I know where that is. All of a sudden, I started looking around 
They're like, this is not Redondo Beach. This is not familiar. And, I, I, and, I, and, and it had been, I looked at the clock. We've been driving for about 30 minutes. <laughs> All of a sudden, I looked out and I, I started seeing the skyscrapers in downtown L.A. And I realized we were going the wrong way. And I was like, hey, hey, this, this isn't home. That, that, that's not what I pushed in. And all of a sudden, he looked at his phone. I looked at my phone, and I wasn't in the right ride. He didn't pick up the right person. Somebody else was waiting to get to where. Oh, why? All because I got distracted. I actually was ending up in a location that I should have never wanted to even go. And I'm wondering post-COVID how many of us, because of the things that have happened in 2020 and 2021, have found ourselves distracted. And instead of being where God has wanted us to be, we are now paralyzed or put in a position that we're no longer advancing and we're just where we were before. Before the whole pandemic, but I came all the way from Hermosa Beach, California to tell somebody here tonight that God does not want you paralyzed where you used to be. God wants you to advance and there's some blankets. We need to get good at laying down. Come on, somebody say amen. How many of you would like to be the kind of person that is prophetically pursuing what God has for them instead of being paralyzed by the distractions? The business world, if we looked at it in this world, they would usually say there's usually the early majority. There is the people that are the innovators, but most people come in business represent 68% of the population are those that are just okay with how things currently are. And I don't know about you. I don't want to be in the box that is just okay with how things are right now. I want to be everything that God has called me to be. Come on, anybody want to be everything that God's called them to be? All three of you, that's incredible. Come on, anybody want to be everything that God has called them to be? So I want to talk about a couple blankets. Is that all right? The first blanket that I want to talk about is I want to talk about the blanket of disappointment. Come on, point to your neighbor and say, the blanket. I'm looking to see if you're pointing. Come on, say the blanket of disappointment. Now point to your second favorite neighbor and say the blanket of disappointment. I don't know about you, but this year or years before, I have been disappointed in people. Come on, say amen if you're with me. Don't, don't, don't point to anybody. Just kind of move your eyebrows. <laughs> uh, yep, <laughs> I know who you're talking about, Pastor Israel. Come on, anybody disappointed with anybody in 2020, 2021? Come on, did you ever see somebody this year that was in God's house and isn't now, and you're just like disappointed? It's quiet in this Presbyterian church. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just disappoint. Did you ever, last year, this year, did you ever have somebody post something and you're just like, 
Why? Come on. Did you think it? Come on. Why? Come on. It disappointed anybody? Anybody ever disappointed in, in maybe a person? Maybe disappointed in our nation. Maybe disappointed. And for me, I've got, Eddie, how many guys were in the race with us that are no longer in the race? Pastors that were pastoring that had the, this incredible gift and, 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 and some hoochie mama talked them out of the gift. And, and you can get disappointed. Maybe I should, try, maybe I should come over here. Max, you, do, do you know what I'm saying, Max? It's like disappointing because you were looking to them. You were even trying to emulate them in a way where like, come on, I, I want to be that person or I, I want to do that. Maybe it's a relative. Maybe it's somebody that you looked up to and it's like they make a, and they disappoint us. And what can happen, men, is we can become paralyzed like this army and we just stare at the disappointment. And here we are in 2021, but we're still talking about like Uncle Rico and Napoleon Dynamite talking about what happened in 1986. And if we don't get good at putting out the blanket and saying, I am not going to let their disappointment keep me from possessing my prophetic promise. Right? The Bible, the Bible says that Noah in the Old Testament got drunk. What a disappointment. The leader of the world. Right? His three boys. He's the leader of the world at this time. He, he, he saved the planet. He saved the zoo. Why he let the mosquitoes on, I don't know. But he got all of them on. The ark. And he gets drunk and he's naked. 800 years old. <laughs> Naked. And what does the one son do? <laughs> Naked grandpa. <laughs> and he stares at the failure. And he stares at the sin. He stares at the disappointment. And the Bible says that it curses him. It paralyzes him in his today instead of releasing him into his future. But there were two brothers that refused to get distracted, refused to stay focused on that. And the Bible says that they walked backwards. And they laid a blanket on naked grandpa. Come on. They laid a, a blanket on 800-year-old naked man. Because you shouldn't be looking at an 800-year-old naked, hairy, sagging. <laughs> right? But here we are. Here we are, 2021, and we've been disappointed. We've been let down, and it didn't even happen to us, but we let somebody else's mistakes, 
Somebody else's shortcomings, somebody else's failures, keeping us from advancing. The Bible said they were supposed to be possessing, but something happened where they began to be paralyzed and stuck. And the Bible says there was a traffic jam because instead of going forward, they just stared. And the Old Testament says that there were two sons of Noah who said, come on, let's not focus on that. Let's keep our eyes on where we're going. Let's look to the author and the finisher of our faith. I'm not saying this is good. I'm not saying I'm in agreement with it. I'm not saying I like this, but I will say this. This thing is not going to keep me from being who God has called me to be. And unfortunately, we have a bunch of weenie, wimpy Christians. And I'm going to tweet about it. And I'm going to not like it. Man up. Come on, Rich. Man up and say, yeah, this wasn't good, but it's not going to keep me from who God's called me to be. I'm going to be everything that God's called me to be. Come on, would you lift up those hands towards heaven? Come on, would you lift up those hands towards heaven? Come on, lift up those hands towards heaven. Say this with me. Say, Holy Spirit, help me move forward. Help me cover the disappointment. Help me focus on the author and the finisher of my faith. Come on, if you believe that, say amen. Second blanket. I only have three. Is this all right? I, I, the second blanket is what I would call the blanket of duh. Come on, say duh. Do, do it like you mean it, like duh. The blanket of duh. And what do I what do I mean by that? I mean by that that sinners are going to sin. Let me read this. Romans chapter 5, verse 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5 says, This know also that in the last days, 2021, <laughs> perilous times will come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. For such turn away. So many Christians don't know the blanket of the sinners are going to sin. Just think about that for a second. Sinners are going to sin. Paul says to Timothy, in the last days, 
they're going to sin even more. But what we do as Christians sometimes blows my mind because we become keyboard ninjas and we freak out every time a sinner sins. What did you expect little Nas to do? It's the blanket of duh. And I'm not condoning. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's okay. But what I'm not going to do is not advance to what God has called me to do because sinners are going to sin. Guess what, honey? They're going to sin. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. There's some men in here that could be anywhere else on a Monday night. But we manned up and we said, we don't care what the world is doing. We're going to stay focused on the author and the finisher of our faith. I'm turning aside and I'm walking with purpose to my future and my destiny. Somewhere along the way, we've got to be able to get the blanket of duh, they're going to sin, but let's not let their sin paralyze us from advancing and being everything God's called us to be. Oh my gosh, I thought I'd get so many more amens than that. I was rough. I was rough, Eddie. I better get onto another blanket. Come on. Just listen to me. We can spend more time on the sin and listing the top 10 sins of the church and what people need to repent of. And all of that is, is good. But somewhere along the way, we just got to go. If I'm more focused on sin, I'm going to miss out on the grace. I'm going to miss out on the purpose. I'm going to miss out on the destiny. And here is a group of guys that are just standing here idly paralyzed because they're looking at the sin that Amasa had done. He had not been obedient to King David. King David said immediately go. And you know what? He didn't. So now he's lying in a pool of blood and here the Christians could just be holding hands singing kumbaya hoping that the government fixes it why are you wanting the government to fix something have you been to the DMV do you really want to put your hope that the government is going to get it right why don't we understand that we're part of the kingdom and the gates of hell will not prevail against us why don't we man up and begin to declare No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. Come on. I am blessed in the city. I am blessed in the field. Come on. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm not going to let the world cause me to be a little baby pandy Christian. They don't like us. Duh. They're being mean to Christians. Hello? Hello? Rapture. Do we believe in end times? 
Do we believe Christ is coming back for a glorious church? Do we believe that we're the bride of Christ? Do we believe he's coming back for us? Why are we so paralyzed by what the world's doing? Come on, put those shoulders up. Put your head up. God, where does your hope come from? Let's be like Joshua and Caleb. Let's at once possess the land. I don't care if a Goliath is there. I don't care about his ugly cousins. I don't care that he's dating his sister. I am going to advance and be who God's called me to be. I better move on. I better move on. Third blanket. Mikey, you're going to thank me. Your jeans, he's going to lose like 10 pounds with these lights and these blankets. It's the new Preacher's Illustrated Sermon Diet. Come on, how, how good is that? But it is kind of cozy, isn't it? Deep down, it's cozy? Nope, not at all. Yeah. Third blanket. This is the only one, Mikey. We're almost done with you. Third blanket. He, he doesn't even smile because he knows that that's a preacher's last words, right? <laughs> one point, but it can go for 30 minutes. I, I, who, who just, who give me, I, I, I've done this before, but who give me five minutes? Who just give me five more minutes? Five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. Okay, awesome. Okay. Last, last blanket, last blanket. The blanket of rejection. Come on, point to your neighbor and say the blanket of rejection. Anybody ever been rejected? Come on, it should feel like a fan in here. Anybody ever been rejected? Come on. <laughs> you know, um, we made some transitions ministry-wise in 2020 going into 2021. And it's, a, it's, it's crazy to me because uh, some of you might know my testimony. And uh, as you brought up, we shared it. At, uh, the pastor's retreat, but I was, um, I was abandoned at nine months old in Southern California. My parents uh, were both doing drugs. My mom actually was doing heroin when she was pregnant with me, and uh, I actually went through heroin withdrawals when I was born. Some of you are like, that explains everything. Uh, um, <laughs> I knew you thought it. I knew it. <laughs> Uh, um, but, uh, it, it's crazy because I'm almost 50 years old now and I don't remember that. You know what I mean? You know, like I don't remember nine months old. Oh, that hurts so bad, but it's weird that I'm 50 and something in my circle, whether it's family, whether it's ministry, and if there's any kind of rejection, it's not for me easy to take because it's amazing, even though it was when I was nine months old, almost 50 years ago, that rejection will immediately come back. And it won't come back just a little, 
But it's amazing how the enemy can bring that rejection that happened then and bring it into today. And it may not even be true, but yesterday's rejection can actually still paralyze us today. Here I am, a pastor. Here I am, a great husband, uh, a great father. But one thing that happened last year knocked me out of orbit because of the rejection. And it wasn't even that thing that was so hard, but it was all the years that I had carried the rejection from when I was a kid. And if I don't get good at laying out this rejection and saying, come on, the love covers a multitude of sins, I will be paralyzed as a pastor, I will be paralyzed as a husband, and I will be paralyzed as a father, and I'll still be right here instead of being who God has called me to be. And instead of you being who God's called you to be, a spirit of rejection can paralyze you. But I believe tonight that there is somebody that is bold enough, there is somebody that is strong enough, there is somebody that is filled with the Holy Spirit enough to say, enough is enough I am no longer going to be paralyzed by rejection but who the sun sets free is free indeed and I am not gonna let that thing affect me and my house my future or my church come on somebody say amen to that come on somebody say amen to that and can you give it up for Mikey real quick come on go ahead Mikey you can be seen yeah you can get out of here Come on, one more time. Give it up for Mikey. Yeah, just no, man. Don't take it with you. I know you'd snuggle with it. Are you the, are you the band man? Man, I love, I love a good keyboardist. Come on. Give it up for band members. Come on. Knowing, like, he didn't even know. I was about to wrap up and look at that. He just got up there. Or that was Pastor Omar saying, Israel, time to wrap it up. Get the keyboard guy up there. Either one. I don't know. Either one. First blanket was what? It's going to be a long night. Come on. What's the first blanket? Second blanket? <laughs> you got that one. <laughs> Your wives are going to be like, how was the night? What was the sermon about? Duh. Third blanket. Rejection. Remember, I said that there were three people in this story. There's the first guy who goes and is paralyzed. He just sees what has happened to Amasa, and he stops. And the Bible says because he stopped, it actually affected the entire army. That's what's so important about this message tonight. Is it's not like when people say, well, it's just, it's not, it's not about anybody else. It's just about me. Well, that's not true. Because if you're paralyzed and you're not healed and you're stationary, no, it affects all of us. It affects your family. It affects our nation. It affects our church. When you're unwilling to move forward in advance, it affects way more than just you. It affects everyone. And here's, there's a traffic jam because a person is paralyzed by what he sees. All of a sudden, somebody comes along. The Bible doesn't give a name, so it doesn't have to be a super spiritual giant. It doesn't have to be somebody that's been in church all their life. Somebody that has, has been through every class, 
It's just got to be somebody that just says, no, you know what? I'm going to be who God's called me to be. And I'm going to advance. I'm going to get in those classes. I'm going to do those things. I'm going to get in discipleship. I'm going to be a part of reach. I'm going to serve. I'm not going to let the disappointment. I'm not going to let the duh. I'm not going to let the rejection keep me from advancing. And as soon as he put a blanket over that dead body, not only was he able to advance, but the entire army was able to advance. I wonder if there's anybody in here that would just say, you know what? My choice does make a difference. My decision does do something. If I will get up and lead and man up, it won't only affect me, but it can affect my family, my kids. It can affect my church. It can affect my community. It can affect my nation. It can affect the world. Come on, somebody say the world. Two people, third person though. There was one more person. Remember Mikey? What, didn't I die a lot better than Mikey did? Come on, was that good? Come on, my, I have an agent. They said that I have a face for radio, but um, I, I, uh, I, I, th- th- there's, there's this dead body. So you got, you remember three people, you got the person that's paralyzed, you got the person that's advancing, but you also got the person that is, you got the person that is uh, uh, a dead, he's, he's dead, it's not moving. And you remember the story that we read in the very beginning is the story of Jesus. If I could just get a little bit of keys, that would be awesome. Cause you're up there, you're ready, I'm ready, let's do this. Let's wrap this up. I've been waiting for you. Like, I would have closed had you started playing earlier. You're all like, play. We want tacos. Come on. Remember this story? Jesus knew exactly what they were thinking. Which is simpler to say, I forgive your sins, or to say, get up and start walking. Jesus sees the dead body, sees the paralyzed person, sees the person that is covered by a blanket. And the Bible says this, Jesus begins to speak life <laughs> like only Jesus can. And the Bible says that what, what did have a blanket on and what had been covered, Jesus says, why don't you get up, take that blanket with you, go advance and go be who God's called you to be. So I'm very, very, very uh, knowing that in this room, there's those that have been paralyzed. I believe in this room because your movement, what God's going to do through reach, is just amazing. I'm, I, Mikey and I are just sitting here honored to be with you guys because what God has done with the amount of churches you've birthed in such a short period of time, what you've sustained You're only scratching the surface. You haven't even begun to do what God's called you to do. And I love this building, but pastor, there's a building. I just believe God's going to give you. I just believe God's going to say, hey, well done, faithful servant. I just believe it. I just believe it. I think Barna just said 60,000 churches in 2020 uh, up to 2021 have closed in the United States. 40 churches a day are closing. Yet here is a movement with a group of men that are passionately worshiping, going after God, reaching souls, reaching purpose, 
and reaching heaven. You guys are reaching heaven. And I just prophesy buildings, campuses being given to you in the name of Jesus. Come on. Who would believe that? Who'd believe that? Just, just give it to them in Jesus' name. But there is a dead body in this story. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. There's probably some dead bodies here. It, the person next to you is worshiping. The person next to you is engaged. But man, 2020 has been rough on you. And there were some stab wounds that you weren't expecting. And there was some betrayal that you've had. And now here you are in this story. You're not saying, come on, advance. You're not saying, duh. You're not even standing paralyzed. You have been left for dead. Just a few weeks ago in April, April 12th, it's always a tough day for me because in 1988, I was 16 years old and I told you I was abandoned as a kid. And uh, nine months dropped off at Ruth and Victor Campbell's home. Nothing to my name but a bottle with Coca-Cola. They said I had a diaper rash up to my neck. That's all I had to my name. Abandoned from my parents, dropped off at Ruth and Victor Campbell in Escondido, California. They adopted me, raised me, was this close to changing my name because they were like, Israel, what a weird name. Like, you know, that's weird. What were they playing? Spin the globe? <laughs> I was this close to being called Gaza Strip? Come on. Too soon, too soon. I'm sorry. Lord, I apologize. Uh, uh, but they, they said everything in his life's been taken away. Let's call them Israel. They weren't Christians. Not Christians. Just thought, let's keep his name Israel. My mom and dad, when I am six years old, get radically saved. We go to a church for the very first time. Never been to church. They'd never been to church. I go to Sunday school, and that Sunday school lesson was about Israel lights. bring it. I get saved. My parents get saved. We get radically saved. Like dad quit his job and went to Bible school. Just was like, you know, the crazy ones. That was my dad. Just crazy. Like just in love with God. We ended up moving to Seattle, started a church. And this church reminds me of it. Even the building, the suspended ceiling love it. I just wished we would have painted it black because it was the ugly white one. You know what I'm talking about? You know when it, it was white, but now it's become cream. <laughs> yeah. That was our building. That was our building. Pastoring a great church told me someday, Israel, you'll be a pastor. And I said the thing that you sh shouldn't say, I was like, I'll never be a pastor, right? Because if you say you'll never be, come on, God's going to go, oh, really? Never? I should have said I'll never be Tom Brady and play in the NFL, right? I've been having rings tonight, bling, bling, <laughs> just in front of a Steelers fan. But anyhow, uh, uh, 
I better stick on point. I got to close. I got to close. You're getting tired already, aren't you? We're going to pray for you. Uh, uh. Back to 1988. It's the day before my dad's 50th birthday. As pastor of the church. The whole church had a surprise. We were going to surprise him for his 50th birthday. We flew in his parents. We had guest pastors coming in. And we had this whole thing surprised. And we were going to surprise my dad for his 50th birthday. Day before his birthday, he was out with his brother. And they were out on the Stillaguamish River, which is north of Seattle. And they were April uh, 12th. were out on a canoe, kayak. And it tipped over. And um, they, they, my uncle didn't know what happened because they got out of the water and he was struggling. He didn't know what would happen, but somehow he saw that my dad got out of the water and then he struggled some more, got hit, whatever. But what happened was they couldn't find my dad. And they found that he got out of the water and they found his shoes and they found toe prints, which it looked like they were saying, it looks like he went back in the water to try to save his brother who was struggling. My dad was actually in good shape uh, and swam once a week, all those kind of things. But what they tell you is hypothermia, the better shape you're in and the longer you're in the water, the worse off it is. Of course, our family didn't know anything, but our church, we, you know, we planted a church. How many church planters do we have? Pastors planted churches in here. Wave to me because you know what I'm talking about. It's old school where you'd have the phone line. You know, remember the cord? And the cord could go all the way to the other side of the house. Anybody remember that? And uh, we, we were so frugal. We didn't have a church phone and a home phone. We just, the home phone was the church phone. So if anybody called, it was really hard to get a date because I had to always answer the phone. Victory in Christ Center. This is Israel. How can I help? You get no game when you do that, right? Right? So I'm answering the phone. Hey, Israel, do you know where your dad is? No, he's out with Dan. Okay. Ring, ring, ring. Yeah, Victory in Christ Center. This is Israel. How can I help you? Where's your dad, Israel? I, I, dude, I don't know where he is. He's up with Dan. Okay. Next thing we know, we got a knock on the door, and it was the sheriff's department. He said, hey, your dad was in a kayaking accident, and we can't find him. We see that he got out of the water at one point. He might have floated down river to go get help. We need to get up there. We've got search and rescue. We need to try to find him before it gets dark. So my dad had a whistle that he would always do. I better, better get <laughs> better get a cleanse drink here. My dad would always go, and that was how I knew I was supposed to come home. Remember, if the light didn't go out on the street, come on, it was the whistle, and I knew I was supposed to go home. So here I was, 16 years old.
Man, I whistled so much that night. We got nothing back. Next day, whistled. Nothing. Third day, divers had gone into the water. And they pulled out the body. It was my dad. He was dead. And our church and our family was devastated. And he was there. They pulled him out, laying on the ground. And, I mean, the guy who adopted me, my dad, my pastor, my friend, was dead. And it just, there was nothing we could do about it. I mean, we kind of tried to pray, but just, what do you pray? He's dead. And of course, you know, our church fell apart because we, I was 16. They weren't going to make me the pastor. Thank God. Uh, church fell apart. I fell apart. I just was like, I don't get it, God. Like, kill Dan, the drunk, alcoholic brother. Why my dad? I'm just telling you what I thought. Like, it doesn't seem right, right? That the loser lives and the pastor dies? God, I love you, but yeah, not a fan. So I partied. I I did everything on the list to uh, just kind of disqualify myself from ever being a pastor. This did, you know, remember the church, you go to church and there was 12 no's you weren't supposed to do. Like I did them all in like 24 hours. Like now try to use me, God. But isn't God good? Isn't his grace so awesome? And uh, I get radically saved. I go to a church, rededicate my life, go to a church where nobody knew who I was. Uh, Landon Shots dad's church i become the youth pastor raise up and get to be a youth pastor god just does so many great things we pastor and we get god God just just god's grace that's all i can say is god's grace and it it wasn't qualified wasn't anointed wasn't gifted just god's grace come on how many of you thankful for god's grace fast forward fast forward rachel and i pastoring North Carolina, right before we moved to Los Angeles. We were celebrating in our house, the band. Remember that, Mikey? And uh, it just, we just released our first album. We're so excited about it. Everybody was out at the pool, and we, we all everybody went inside. And my daughter, Phoebe, comes inside, and she says, Mom, Dad, you got to come out here. Quincy, our drummer, he's, he's at the bottom of the pool. And he's not moving. I got the the leaf uh, stick and have been pushing him, but he's not moving. So we all run out there. Sure enough, Quincy, our drummer, 6'5", 280, huge guy. He's at the bottom of the pool, and he has drowned. Mikey, I think, gets in. A couple other guys get in. I mean, pull him out. Took like six guys to just pull him out. And they lay him on the ground. And it's deja vu for me. Because it's the same drowned 
was 16 years old and saw my dad and now Quincy in my own yard, my own pool. And I wished I could tell you that I was a person of faith. Wished I could tell you that I was the man of God, the hour of power. I was paralyzed. I was looking at Quincy, but I saw my dad from all that time before. And I don't, we, the guys, we did, they did CPR in, in bouts. One person did CPR until they couldn't, mouth-to-mouth CPR, until they almost fainted and then brought in another person. I think it was three or four times that they did that until they just couldn't come. And, and the paramedics were, were, I don't know, it's just taking them forever to get there. My wife is on the phone, and it's actually recorded. It was recorded because she's on the phone with 911 saying, somebody's got to get here. We're giving them CPR. It's not working. He's, he's dead. There's no pulse. There's nothing. And I don't know what it was, but I, I just straddled him. Even though all I could see was my dad died, something rose up inside of me that I just said, in the name of Jesus, I declare you, Quincy, to rise in the name of Jesus. I rebuke death. I rebuke death. And I declare life in the name of Jesus. And to tell you the truth, I don't know if I was praying for Quincy or if I was somehow praying for my dad. I don't think that I was full of faith at that moment. I think that I was full of fear because all I could remember is at 16 years old, my hero and my pastor lay dead. But there's something that God does every once in a while where despite the pain you've been through and despite the hurt that you've seen and despite everything going against you, we serve a God that is able to intervene and intertwine and get into our biggest mess and get into our biggest situation and no matter how fearful we are and no matter what the devil has tried to do in our past something rose up inside and I just begin to declare oh Jesus in the name of Jesus I declare life I declare hope I declare purpose I rebuke you Satan father of lies we speak life and can I tell you something amazing happened water started gushing out of his eyes water started gushing out of his nose water started gushing out of his mouth and all of a sudden he began to breathe and all of a sudden we saw a miracle the doctor said how could this happen he was in the water too long he there was no way but I'm here to tell you that there's always a way when Jesus gets involved. And I don't know who you are, but Jesus says this. What's simpler to say? Forgive you of his sins or to say, get up and walk. (laughs) I love Jesus. (laughs) Whether it's self-inflicted and it's sin or it's the enemy that's tried to destroy you. Jesus says, either or. I say, get up 
and get rid of that stinking blanket because it's time to man up. It's time to be who God's called you to be. You are going to be a miracle. They're going to talk about the story that you were down, but Jesus spoke life. You were hurt, but Jesus spoke life. You were wounded, but Jesus spoke life. And I don't know who you are tonight, but I believe God is going to do something powerful. It's not by accident that you push through tonight. It's not by accident that you survived 2020 and 2021. No, this is your moment. This is your hour. This is your time. God is going to heal the rejection. God is going to heal the pain. God is going to heal those things from 1988. Come on. God is going to begin to do things. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. I wish somebody in here would begin to stir your faith and say, I'm not going to be where I was, but I believe God is going to heal. God is going to resurrect. God is going to set somebody free. If you believe it, would you give God a big, loud shout of praise? Tonight, could just be paralyzed because of the actions of others and you're going to go tonight and say no longer I'm going to use that blanket and get going some of you are already prophetic in your character in your spirit you're already saying come on reach let's do this come on you're advancing but I felt like Bishop Omar I was here by assignment because there are some of you that are dead enemy has really done a number on you and there's a blanket on you and the enemy's just said done with them what I love about Jesus is he doesn't let blankets keep him from performing a miracle so I'm going to ask you to do something brave and bold tonight and this is man up this is not um, wussy up this is not baby up. This is a bunch of men who I believe are serious and passionate about God. But you've got to want this. You've got to want this. This isn't like for your casual, like feel good, kumbaya moments. This is one of those moments that, like I said, <laughs> you may not even have the faith for it. You may be looking at your past and not your stories 10 times worse than mine. But there's these moments where God begins to stir in you to go beyond what you feel and what you see in the natural and you respond to the unction of the Holy Spirit. You respond to His Spirit speaking to your spirit. And so I'm simply going to count to three. And when I say three, if you're that dead, Amasa, you're that one that 2020 has tried to kill you and destroy you, I don't want you to see who 
goes first. I don't want you to kind of like, well, I'm in the middle of the aisle. It's going to be a little bit awkward. I want you to have some Holy Spirit unction that says enough is enough. I am not staying where I'm at anymore, but I am going to be everything that God has called me to be. And I'm wondering if there's some men that would say, I'm done being Amasa. I'm done being paralyzed. I'm done being where I am. I'm simply going to count to three. And if that's you, I want you to not walk up here, but I want you to run. Come on, one. Come on, two. Come on, three. Would you come up here? Would you lift up holy hands? Would we begin to declare? Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.